a roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business. Hello and welcome to this edition of Global Business on CGTN. I'm Zhu Jifeng. Coming up on the program. Funding measures. China's top economic planner launches innovative platform to provide more financing opportunities for private enterprises. Transport problems. Global shipping giants exercise caution as Red Sea shipment temporarily suspended following a weekend attack on a Maersk vessel. Sustainability drive. In today's biz focus, we explore how the famous Yellow Mountain is developing tourism in a sustainable manner. China's top economic planner has announced a new platform that will support financing for private enterprises, the latest in a round of measures to boost the sector. In a meeting in South China's Fujian province on Tuesday, officials from the National Development and Reform Commission expressed optimism about the private economy and vowed continued support. Michael Gong has the details. To shore up the confidence of private enterprises, and promote the high-quality development of the private economy. China's top economic planner has announced new measures to fuel growth. The meeting will also release the National Financing Credit Services Platform, built by the National Development and Reform Commission and other relevant departments. Private enterprises will also sign cooperation agreements with financial institutions and release initiatives. The meeting stressed the success of the Jinjiang experience. Over the years, Jinjiang has transformed from a poor county to the top one in Fujian province, with its GDP hitting more than 300 billion yuan or 40 billion U.S. dollars in 2022. It has achieved this by focusing on developing the private and real economies while allowing firms of all types to innovate and promote an entrepreneurial spirit. Private enterprises contribute more than 90% of its output value, tax revenue and employment. Relevant national departments have successively introduced a series of policy measures to boost private investment, promote fair access, strengthen legal protection and financial support. These have injected strong impetus into the development of the private economy, where it can be said development opportunities outweigh challenges. Officials say imports and exports by private enterprises increased by more than 6% year-on-year during the first 11 months of last year making it a major driving force of China's foreign trade. Gong, CGTN, Jinjiang, Fujian province. China's Central Bank has vowed to increase the share of loans extended to private companies on a gradual basis. The People's Bank of China says the move will focus on key areas of the private sector. It also says China's financial support for private businesses has had a positive effect in recent years, with outstanding re-lending loans topping 2.2 trillion yuan or 308 billion U.S. dollars. The Asian Development Bank has raised its forecast for China's economic growth in 2023 to 5.2%. The organization's country director for China attributed the upgrade to the effectiveness of China's policy response. He also said that China plays a pivotal role in global sustainable development. Take a listen. And how do you think about the impact of China's economic policies and reforms on domestic economy this year? And what will be the priorities for the policies next year? 
I think uh, we uh, have recently upgraded our uh, economic projection uh, for uh, growth for China to 5.2% this year. And this is largely premised on the effectiveness of the policy response that we have seen coming from the Chinese authorities. Mm. Uh, for example, on the fiscal policy side, uh, the government recently announced a stimulus package of 1 trillion RMB uh, to support uh, disaster management activities as well as broader development projects. Uh, we know that uh, the local governments uh, uh, were asked to fully utilize their local government bond quotas so as to uh, uh, catalyze spending and, uh, uh, and expenditure at the local government level. On the monetary policy side, uh, you know, we saw that there were cuts in the policy rate, uh, which led to an increase in the aggregate level of social financing available in the economy, which led to greater availability of credit. On the financial policies side, uh, a cut in the mortgage rates in order to support uh, the weaknesses uh, uh, that we saw in, in some of the property sector areas. Uh, and um, uh, also uh, policies such as uh, uh, preferential loan rates for uh, first-time homeowners and also making it easier for households to acquire second homes. Also, uh, the government support for debt restructuring as well as enabling uh, 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 property uh, uh, companies uh, to be able to complete their property and housing projects as soon as possible. So I think all in all, <coughs> we saw quite a robust uh, uh, response from the government. Uh, uh, more is needed uh, going, in, going into the future. Mm. Uh, but the strength of the recovery that we saw uh, in 2023 was a result of some of these policies. Right, and I know ADB is working closely with China on sustainable development. What role do you see China playing in the regions, in the Asia-Pacific region, sustainable and inclusive development? You know, China plays a vital role, a pivotal role uh, uh, for the regional as well as the global economic prospects. Uh, China contributes uh, about one-third of global growth. Uh, it uh, contributes nearly half of regional uh, growth. Uh, it is uh, one of the largest trading partners uh, uh, for many countries, perhaps over 140 uh, countries. It uh, remains a central part of uh, the global and regional supply chains. Uh, China is also uh, at the forefront of uh, uh, dealing with the global challenge of, of climate change. It is the world's largest renewable energy producer. It is a global manufacturing uh, hub. Uh, as well. So I think uh, there are many ways in which China continues to influence and impact the global and the, and, and the regional economies and it, and it continues to play a vital role. We'll continue with our special series of Invest China. Talents play a crucial role in the promotion of China's science and technology driven innovation. The 2023 annual economic work conference put science and technology as a top priority for government work in 2024 and disruptive and emerging technologies were highlighted. A country's ability to innovate relies largely on the quality and quantity of well-educated talents. According to a report by China's Ministry of Science and Technology, China is the front-runner worldwide in terms of talent reserves. The number of full-time research and development personnel surged from 3.2 million in 2012 to 6.4 million in 2022, ranking first worldwide. Moreover, China has dedicated a lot of effort to the diversification and optimization of its talent pool. The report says a number of Chinese scientists added to the global list of highly cited researchers increased from about 110 in 2014 to almost 1,200 in 2022.
As the world races to decarbonize its economies and transition to sustainable energy resources, the electric vehicle industry has emerged as a key player in this field. This trend has triggered a rush for talent. Citizens Guan Yuan reports from Changchun, a city renowned for its automotive industry. Unlocking the potential in engineering and design, these students from Jilin University have spent more time in the garage than the classroom. For years, the team has independently developed a number of energy conservation vehicles and won numerous trophies both at home and abroad. The latest one this year, the national champion of Shell Eco Marathon China. Our team members are mainly undergraduates from the Automotive Engineering College, with majors in vehicle engineering and industrial design. The team has also taken members who study computer science and communication engineering. The EV industry is highly technology-driven, requiring candidates with strong technical skills. The knowledge of battery technology, EV design and electric powertrains are essential. These students are learning by doing. China has the world's largest EV market, with the construction and expansion of factories across the country, making electricians and robotics specialists a hot commodity. Many of the team's former members have landed jobs in automotive and related sectors even before graduation. We've kept in touch with some former members who are now playing key roles in key positions in companies like BYD. I think the experiences they gained through their time on the team allows them to climb their career ladder faster. While participating in global events, we could identify our weakness compared to teams like those from Japan and the U.S. who have strong problem-solving skills. We must admit that many automotive students in China today don't have the practical skills for building a vehicle from scratch until they get to college or university. Over 1.5 million people now work at dozens of EV companies in China and their suppliers. Experts suggest that by 2035, EVs will become the mainstream of new vehicle sales and the passenger sector will be fully electrified. Demand for automotive talent is bound to rise. Guanyang, CGTN, Changchun, Jilin Province. For more discussion on the measures needed to foster the cultivation of talents, let's bring in Wang Yan, Director, Chinese Society of Educational Development Strategy. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Ms. Wang, what are the emerging talent development requirements resulting from China's pursuit of a modern industrial system through technology? Well, the first is uh, utilizing the emerging technologies, including artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence, etc. Uh, that means, for example, the developing of the uh, digital education platforms and also the uh, establishment of more data bank that could inform and support the uh, decision-making processes, policy-making processes, etc. The second is to uh, involve and also engage the uh, industries uh, in the educational processes and in particularly uh, to address the uh, needs of the industries uh, for talents and the skills and uh, to resolve the uh, issues uh, 
related to the skill mismatch that is uh, what is uh, provided by the education sector cannot match what is demanded by the labor market. And third, last but not least, is uh, more and more uh, in industrial and economic activities will be undertaken not only in the physical environments, but also in virtual environments. So uh, it's also very important uh, to develop the re relevant uh, frameworks and also uh, develop build, uh, up the capacities for the uh, for the these undertakings in the uh, virtual environments. Miss mm, Wang, China's population growth has been slowing. What's the precise definition of high quality population? How will policies be implemented to achieve it? Well, with the development of the uh, technologies and also the uh, innovation in industries, uh, the both the comp configuration uh, and also the quality of the uh, talent will change and also has changed. The first, in terms of the configuration, uh, there will be less uh, menu jobs or entry-level jobs. Mm. Uh, instead, there will be a larger proportion of the inter intermediate level or advanced jobs in terms of the skill level. Right. And uh, that requires uh, uh, the not only the cognitive skills, but also more metacognitive skills. Mm. And uh, then the second is the competencies required for the talents or quality population has changed. Uh, on top of the cognitive skills, that is the knowledge and the skills in traditional sense, we also require the population to have the social and emotional skills and digital uh, competencies and skills. And also, uh, because of the climate change, there is also the increasing uh, demand for the uh, green competencies or the competencies for green jobs. And uh, then uh, because of this accelerated pace, uh, the development of technologies and also changing nature of the industry and also changing nature of the jobs. And everybody needs to be the lifelong learner and because they have to keep on reskilling and upskilling their uh, capabilities and also their skills and so that uh, they can keep up with the pace of the social and economic development. Thank you so much. That's uh, Ms. Wang Yen, Director of Chinese Society of Educational Development Strategy. Come up next. Global shipping giants exercise caution as Red Sea shipments temporarily suspended following a weekend attack on a Maersk vessel. Whether it's about your education, the home you live in, or the items you buy, your money has a story to tell. Because every business story is a human story. Global business. The world economy as we know it is about to change. Global business reports highlight emerging markets, developing countries, and dynamic sectors worldwide. We feature top analysts and newsmakers to provide perspectives on every facet of business. From an on-the-ground perspective, we provide you with balanced and objective assessments. Fast, sharp, and insightful. Global business. Only on CGTN. Danish shipping giant Musk and its German counterpart Hapag Lloyd said on Tuesday that they have had extended suspension of shipping through the Red Sea and Swiss Canal. 
They have been rerouting some shipments via Africa's Cape of Good Hope due to growing attacks from the Yemen-based Houthi group on cargo vessels in the region. The disruption has pushed up prices for oil, natural gas and delivery costs for goods. If the rescue shipping attacks persist, there is a growing concern about a potential surge in global inflation in the coming months and disruptions to maritime trade through the Swiss Canal. The decision of shipping companies to redirect their roads via the Cape of Good Hope could result in a 25% reduction in capacity for the Asia-Europe voyage, affecting approximately 10% of the world's crude oil supplies. Additionally, the Suez Canal, responsible for handling nearly 30% of global container traffic, facilitates the transportation of goods worth over 1 trillion US dollars annually. For more insights on how the Red Sea shipping disruptions are impacting the global economy and supply chain, and also the Egypt economy, let's cross to Yasser Hakim in Cairo. Hello, Yasser. Uh, how has this development of the you know, Houthi militars uh, you know, attacking this ship? ships affecting the global shipping and trade on the Red Sea? Yes, it's been uh, obviously uh, causing instability in the Red Sea. You know, 30% of global trade goes through this route and it goes through the Suez Canal as well. That is obviously in Egypt. And uh, uh, it also links uh, Asia to North Africa, Europe and the US. So huge markets are depending on this route. And that's why uh, the U.S., U.K. have deployed uh, Navy vessels to try to secure this uh, important route to, to guarantee the supply of chain. And obviously, what, like you said, uh, these instabilities will, first of all, cause an, a hike in global inflation because, uh, one, the cost of shipping uh, through the Suez Canal now has increased because there is more uh, insurance uh, by the vessels on commodities they're paying more insurance because now it's a risky region second of all uh, the new route or the alternative route is through the cape of good town that's all the way down to south africa and going around the whole continent in africa to reach europe and the us which makes it extremely longer and therefore extremely more expensive to uh, get the shipments through and they are now being delayed so uh, if it reaches a country in a, in a month now, it will reach in three months, which will in, in itself cause uh, inflation. It will cause a shortage of products and goods in the market, and obviously huge losses to the traders and manufacturers who are supposed to be receiving these goods on time, and now the goods, the goods will be delayed for months. And therefore, they will cause also a shortage in markets, which will reach another inflationary uh, situation and global supply chain disruptions like we've seen during the COVID-19 pandemic. So this issue needs to be addressed as soon as possible by many countries because Egypt itself will also uh, be affected. The Suez Canal is a major source of hard currency for the country which needs this revenue to uh, repay its debts, the, the mounting debts on the country and therefore uh, losses to the Suez Canal because of the vessels moving around to another route right. will also affect the economy in Egypt. Back to you. Thank you so much for that update. Yes, how come for us in Cairo? This is Global Business. We still have more stories to come. In today's Biz Focus, we explore how the famous Yellow Mountain is developing tourism in a sustainable manner.
we are all connected. Across borders, across continents, connected by ideas, a shared humanity. Stay connected. The world economy as we know it is about to change. Global business reports highlight emerging markets, developing countries, and dynamic sectors worldwide. We feature top analysts and newsmakers to provide perspectives on every facet of business. From an on-the-ground perspective, we provide you with balanced and objective assessments. Fast, sharp, and insightful. Global business, only on CGTN. In our quest to appreciate the splendor of our planet while ensuring its preservation for our future generations, China's Mount Huangshan, or traditionally called Yellow Mountain, stands as a remarkable testament, demonstrating that the protection of rural wonders need not compromise tourism appeal. Mount Huangshan serves as an insp inspiring model. Join us on the latest episode of Biz Focus as reporter. Olivia He embarks on a virtual expedition to Mount Huangshan, unveiling the successful integration of sustainable tourism practices and environmental preservation by its dedicated caretakers. As a fitness enthusiast, I'm into various outdoor sports, especially mountain climbing. Here in Huangshan, I found a super group my friend talked about. They can be easily identified by their uniforms, carrying tools, and walking at a fast pace. Perhaps you've already guessed it. That's right. They are the diligent sanitation workers of Huangshan Mountain, also known as environmental beauticians. They walk a hundred thousand steps each day, working from early mornings to late evenings to preserve and protect the environment in Huangshan. This is my first time coming to Huangshan, and I think it's really great because the environment is really clean. The staff here at Huangshan are doing an amazing job of making sure the environment is well taken care of. In addition to discovering a supergroup composed of 200 individuals, I was also surprised to stumble upon a team of Spider-Man. One notable member is Li Peixiong, who has dedicated decades to tirelessly walking along the cliffs of Huangshan to collect garbage. His cumulative rollplaying height so far is equivalent to 1,800 kilometers. As I work in Huangshan, it's my duty to protect the environment so that tourists can have a good experience and a good environment. We welcome everyone to visit Huangshan. After the pandemic in 2023, tourism in Huangshan has made a strong recovery and its operating income has reached a historic high. By the end of October, Huangshan had welcomed over 4 million tourists, surpassing the number of visitors in 2019. To ensure the long-term sustainability of its tourism development, the scenic area has implemented several measures. Our first priority is to strictly do a good job in environmental protection and biodiversity. We have been actively exploring low-carbon tourism initiatives, which involve implementing various measures to protect the ecological environment and ensure the quality of tourists' travel. These initiatives include implementing unified management of sewage discharge, transporting garbage downhill, and prohibiting tourists from carrying food uphill. Starting from December 1st, Lotus Peak, the highest peak of Huangshan Mountain, has been closed to protect ecological resources of the scenic spots. 
Since 1998, a comprehensive physical examination has been conducted every six years to monitor tree growth, and a fifth examination was completed last October. Additionally, Huangshan aims to provide better service by reducing its maximum carrying capacity and implementing a smart digital screen to monitor tourist traffic. Through our digital monitoring, we can adjust the direction of tourists, effectively reducing their waiting time in queues. By identifying the main routes that frequently experience congestion, we can proactively redirect tourists to alternative areas, enhancing their overall experience and satisfaction during their visit. Environmental protection is not limited to the mountains. There's also much to discover at the base. One such example is the laundry factory located at the foot of the mountain. Similar to the process of transporting food waste down the mountain, this factory efficiently cleans an average of 1,800 sets of bedding every day. Transporting dirty laundry downhill allows us to save approximately 40,000 tons of water annually. In addition, the washing process requires the use of numerous detergents. Without proper treatment, disposing of this water would pose significant environmental risks. Therefore, we have implemented a wastewater treatment system that meets all standards, ensuring responsible management of the water. In Huangshan Mountain, not only are trees highly valued, but so are its water resources. The surrounding river is another prime example of this. The 359-kilometer Xinan River starts at the foot of the Huangshan Mountain in Anhui Province and extends eastwards to the west of Zhejiang Province. In 2011, a cross-provincial ecological preservation scheme was put in place. Anhui, which lies upstream, heavily invested into measures to improve the water quality of the Xinyan River's upper reaches and the surrounding environment. Eight years on, the water quality of Zhejiang County section of Xinyan River has been improved to Grade Two, the second highest level in China's five-tier water quality system. This means it can be used as a drinking water source. A good environment also helps boost tourism development. This year, the number of tourists coming to visit the river hit 300,000. The healthier environment on one end drives the tourism consumption. On the other end, it benefits the local community living along the river. For instance, fishermen who used to make a living by fishing have now turned their businesses into tourism-related activities, such as selling local products, operating Airbnb accommodations, and running coffee shops. Ever since more tourists started coming, those forgotten villages are turning into a hotspot for travelers. And the great thing is, they are really promoting the local culture and tradition of Anhui Province, as well as creating more job opportunities for local people. Huangshan Mountain's embrace of responsible development serves as an inspiration for destinations around the world, demonstrating that the preservation of natural wonders and the enrichment of visitor experiences can go hand in hand. With that report, we wrap up this edition of Global Business. I'm Junjun Feng.